Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Tom. We need a bonus Patreon episode in like two and a half weeks. Yes, we do. What's in two and a half weeks? The Last of Us is ending. The Last of the Last of Us. It's phenomenal. (laughs) It's like... It is blowing me away. Every week is... mm. They added episodes set at Christmas, and the next episode was set largely in an abandoned Halloween store, and it just makes me miss the bird months. Uh, It was... backwards. it It was filmed in a modern day mall. This is what malls have become. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just so there's a scene in an abandoned mall and just people who had never experienced a mall, like experiencing a mall for the first time. It was really, it was really fun. Anyway, I love it. I love the show. It's better than the game. I'm not playing the game because I like the show so much. It will let me down. Oh, really? (laughs) Also, well, the new. um, Pretty close to the game. But the graphics aren't there. No. They're not. So, how are y'all this week? How are y'all I'm feeling as we week? exit February? I'm happy we're exiting February. This year is moving right yeah. along. It is moving right along. I cannot believe we're already in Lent, getting ready for St. Patrick's Day. I know it. That's crazy. It's crazy. Easter is coming up, which means we have to talk about scheduling a time to record our Easter episode because we didn't take advantage of January and February. What are we doing for Easter? Who's surprised? I assume we're going to do the one you accidentally watched, the freaking fast one you accidentally watched last year, Tom. When we, oh, when we know. You said there's a crazy witch and everything, and you're like, I am not watching that again next year. I'm going to go off memory. Oh my gosh. I can't do it, y'all. I do have a, I have an idea of what we could do for Easter. Tell us. We could all just pick our favorite Easter episode from a TV show and we could watch those. Are there many Easter episodes in TV? I don't recall a lot of Easter episodes. Brooklyn Nine Nine has an amazing Easter episode. So you just care about the one that you're going to pick. Well, yeah, I mean, I know what I, I know what I have to do, and I don't have to work hard for it. So I don't know. We'll you know, figure I, it all out. We'll we'll talk off mic. We do have some. I'm going to introduce a segment called Christmas Movie News. We have a lot of Christmas pop culture news this week. We need uh, a, we need a we need music for that segment. 
I know. I was, I was thinking of that too. Um, one, the Santa Claus is two is under production. Uh, officially, season production two, is right. Season two, the Santa Claus is season two. It's under production. Mixed uh, news on that one. Well, first they confirm that uh, Scott in this season is turning his focus on training his son to take over the family business as Santa Claus. But uh, we got two bits of casting news. One, Mr. Eric Stone Street from Modern Family, Cam, will be playing Magnus Antus, the mad Santa who reigned during the 14th century and is now returning to try to take down Scott Calvin and reclaim the North Pole. <laughs> be interesting to see him play a villain. Uh, he's going to be good, though. I love him. Yeah, I love him. He'll be great. And he will be joined by Marta Kessler playing Olga, a surly take-no-prisoners gnome who doesn't understand feelings or empathy. I don't know this name. Neither do I. I assume she's a child. Oh, okay. But we also got another sense. we got another actor. We do. Gabriel Iglesias has joined the series as a regular. He will be playing Chris Kringle, the owner and operator of a Christmas-themed amusement park called Santa Land. Meh. Yep, meh. And the only other thing is they confirmed the rest, all the rest of the cast is coming back, all the kids who play the elves, although they have downgraded Betty to a recurring character. She's not regular anymore. Oh. She got too big for her britches. I don't know, but Noel is still a regular. I love Noel. Noel's my favorite. I love Noel too. She's got some other acting job because she wants to break out of the cutesy kid thing. That's what's happening. And then we got a bit of, I won't even say polarizing Christmas news because everybody seemed to be on the same page on our social medias. Uh, How the Crinch Stole Christmas is getting a sequel book. Um, set one year, right? Set one year after the events of the Grinch's infamous Christmas caper, How the Grinch Lost Christmas. We'll see the curmudgeonly creature eager to prove to all the Who's that he's fully committed to the festive spirit. And his plan to win the Whoville's Christmas crown goes awry. The Grinch nearly turns his back on the holiday before one small special Who reminds him that Christmas is not about winning. And the cover features the Grinch and Cindy Lou Who. It's unnecessary. Like, why? It's beyond unnecessary. Yeah, you seem to stop poking it. I agree, but I'm going to say that the I'm going to go in optimistic because Charles Schultz's estate still puts out Peanuts content that is in the spirit of the original Peanuts content. The Peanuts film was really good. Their new other estate does that well, but I'm saying Dr. Seuss's estate hasn't done it. So after all these years, I'm going to say they must have a. I'm going to say they wouldn't be doing this if they didn't have a good idea. So I'm going to be optimistic about it. Or not optimistic, cautiously optimistic about it. <laughs> you know you know how opposite that word is to your nature and you can't even use it. <laughs> uh, oh, I am not optimistic about this. I'm not either. Nope. And say, I will wait 
I'm not, I'm not even going to say I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm going to say I'm going to wait to read it before prejudging, even though if you go on our Facebook group, I already prejudged. You straight but up I'm already not. prejudged it. <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly prejudged How, it. However, am I, I will say, I think this news does lend credence to those theories that, though not theories, ah does lend credence to those rumors from a few months back that Hollywood Reporter and people were reporting that Jim Carrey's in talks for a sequel. So how did a sequel talk, and now a few months later we get in talk of a book, an official sequel? So, I don't know. It just seems like fishy timing for both of those stories to come out the same, for that rumor to come out before news of the book. Well, yeah, it, it does. Almost, it almost seems like the estate may have been communicating with Universal before making this public. It almost seems like maybe there's a massive cash grab. <laughs> That's right. That's what ah, I'm thinking. I was going to use. It almost seems like a cynical, cynical cash grab. But I'm, I'm trying to give. I, mm, I can't even pretend to be optimistic. Okay, I'm <laughs> just going to try to reserve judgment till I read it. <laughs> Good luck. I've good effort. Made good effort. <laughs> all I know, all I do want to ask you both something though. Yes, sir. How long until uh who produced the original animated special? CBS, NBC, one of them, tries to produce this as a sequel TV special in the same vein as the animated special. I, I don't think they'll year. be able to. I don't think I don't think they'll be able to. I give it a year until they do, though, until they try to. I don't I don't think they I think it's going to go major, major motion picture because they've had too much success with Jim Carrey and Benedict um, Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch slash Pharrell. Flash Pharrell. <laughs> Pharrell was the he was the he was a narrator. narrator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but that's but an I, odd thing to call I, out. <laughs> I don't know. I like having Pharrell there. I didn't dislike it. It's just funny. <laughs> I just wouldn't have called him out with with Benedict Cumberbatch. That's so funny. <laughs> that was such an excellent choice. Love it. Support that choice. Did you see the news that happened that came out today about Jenna Fisher? <gasps> what happened? She's starring in the new Mean Girls musical film. Oh, who's she gonna be? Oh, uh, I could she was announced like two hours ago, and I thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna have news before Anthony today. <laughs> you can't. You can't just drop it and not tell us who she's playing. Oh, she's playing in- Kate. She's playing Katie's mom. So Amy Poehler? Amy Poehler's character. No. Which one? Who is... Um, Lindsay Lohan's mom. Who is her mom in the movie? Oh, uh, oh, actress. oh, oh. She was Virginia George's mom. Oh, Amy Poehler was Virginia no, no. George's mom. Yeah. What actress played Lindsay oh, Lohan's mom um, in the movie? I don't even remember that. She's the one who kind of looks like Catherine Hahn, but she's not Catherine Hahn. She's... <laughs> Okay, now I gotta look at this. <laughs> she kind of looks like Bizarro Catherine Hahn. Like there's a comic book. Oh, Anna, it's Anna Gasteyer. Anna yeah. Bizarro Catherine Hahn. That's you, not very can, nice. 
Can you see it I a see little it. bit? Yeah. I see it. But that's not very nice. <laughs> to which one? That's not very nice to Anna Gasteyer or Catherine Hahn. You put Bizarro in the name and it's like immediately not nice to either one. <laughs> Bizarro is a Superman villain, like the opposite of him. Oh Lord, what does he just, do? Is he just he's bizarre? He wears purple and blue and he has the S backwards and he basically looks like a corpse. He's like, that looks like his twin, but a corpse. Yeah. Yeah, S is backwards? Yeah. Yes. Cute. You comic book nerds, I tell you what. <laughs> You really are salt of the earth. <laughs> Spe- speaking of salt of the earth. I love the creativity. Yes. I saw- <laughs> Maybe we should call it snow of the earth. I saw cocaine bear last week. Oh, <laughs> I meant to ask you about that. How was it? <laughs> it knew exactly what it was. Sure. And I loved every second. If Ray Liotta had to die, what a role to go out on. He was in that? Yeah, he was. Is that his last role? It's his last role. The film oh, was dedicated to him. That hurts me a little. It was fantastic. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks. And Cocaine Bear was a woman, a girl, too. It was not a male bear, a female bear. So I appreciate okay. that. Okay. Uh, uh, I but guess Elizabeth, I appreciate that. Elizabeth Banks, I'm all in for Cocaine Shark if you decide to do that movie based on the recent news stories. All oh in. I'll even go a step further. Out of the nine movie, 2023 movies I've seen this year so far, it's my favorite one. So hmm, I highly rec- I highly recommend when it hits voodoo in a month or two when you watch it, because you know it's gonna be in my library. <laughs> uh the the other fun thing I wanted to ask if y'all saw, did y'all see the bumper sticker exchange with uh brendan fraser mm-hmm. i sent you I that loved it. on instagram she did send us that oh that's where i got it okay mm-hmm. i know i saw it sorry I that made that me so sticker. happy did y'all not like did y'all not like that new yorker cartoon i sent you because i saw that and laughed on instagram i accidentally sent it to you guys separately instead of in the group but oh i haven't even looked when did you send it yesterday oh, dang it too many tom saw it let me look now as we speak. Don't want to be left out. Oh, yeah, here. that's Anthony, funny. Three new messages. Oh, that is funny. The podcast <laughs> voice one. That is funny. That it's is a funny. couple lying in bed, and the voice rolls over to her husband. It's like, can you not use your podcast voice in the bedroom? Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> um, one last thing before we get on to this week's episode. Uh, it snowed here yesterday. You heard like, you're getting more of that. It, we are or was and that it no we're we're supposed to get more later this week or next week but uh yes it snowed it was our first substantial snowfall of the year thank you climate change mm-hmm. and uh it was glorious and it made me feel christmasy so it was nice working from home today and watching these christmas episodes of snow outside yes. and just gave me pure joy seeing larry running through the snow like leaping around and trying to catch snow in his mouth does he love it so much? He does love it so much. Do all dogs love snow? I think most do. Okay. Lucy I've never met a dog it. who doesn't. Yeah. Larry doesn't like rain, but he loves Oh, she snow. loves rain too. 
She apparently likes all precipitation. He he likes licking all the puddles while it's raining, but as if it's like pouring outside, you have to drag him out to go to the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> buddy. I don't think Luna we and like, Lucy probably don't feel the water unless you leave them out there and I don't know, 45 to an hour. Then they'd be like, no, they oh, just shake it off. My undercoat is wet. <laughs> oh, such a mess. We were like 80 degrees today. Yeah. I wasn't hating it. Aside from the wind, which is a little unnecessary. Um, I was really enjoying the sunshine and the heat. We yeah. had a Drecho. Oh yeah, yeah I Drecho. saw that. Yeah, I see you guys made it out alive. I did say did. be safe. We did. It, it was fizzled out insane up here. Except for the fact that everything in the city is covered in dirt and grime now. Well, yes, that's true. It is so gross, Anthony, because the wind shot up all the dust because we were dry and the rain brought it back down. So literally everything is covered in a film of dirt and grime right now. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Let me pause for a second. On a happier note than the weird conversation we just had off mic, Blackish. That is a better note. <laughs> that is a better note. What's that show about That's what in we're general covering tonight. for people who've never seen it? So Blackish <laughs> is a comedy about an American black family. And it's funny. <laughs> and we'll and go more into it. And a, well, we'll get into this in our histories, but anyway. Uh, let's go through our histories. Anthony, you want to kick us off? Sure. Uh, this is one of the rare shows. That usually I get Sarah into TV shows. Sarah got me into this one. She watched it, uh, I think, for the first time on a plane coming back from Canada one year. And she watched it next to me and she was cracking up the whole time while I was watching whatever I was watching. And she told me I, got to, I had to watch it because I would find it funny. And she showed me the episode when we landed that she thought I would like, and it was one of the ones she watched on the plane, and it was Monopoly Game Night. Do you guys remember that one? Where Drake is really, really competitive competitive. at Game Night. And A, that's me to a T, especially with Monopoly, but B... (laughs) They the family gangs up against him and he realizes he's screwed and he's like starting to sweat and he's like I'm going bankrupt. I have no money. I have no friends. Oh god, I am Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I was like, the show's pretty funny. Um, and so I watched it, I went back and watched the first few seasons in the beginning. I did fall off though. Not for any reason other than just time. I did mm. not realize last season was its final season. So now that mm-hmm. it's ended, I may go back and just watch it beginning to end. Because I love it. It's hilarious. I like the diversity. I like that it talks about real issues in a comedy, which comedies don't often do. Like I just mentioned that Donald Trump joke, but they often talk about uh, politics and race and all the big issues facing religion religion facing everyone questions her faith yeah no it's good. yeah it's all the real things facing people in general today but especially people of color so i like it and i thoroughly enjoyed these three episodes we're about to talk about mm-hmm. what about you guys and julia 
Um, so Marty and I would catch blackish on TV, never in a structured way. I probably coincided with kids or us not watching TV in a structured way anymore. <laughs> and it <laughs> fell into the pits of let's record every episode and then like never watch them ever. Um, because I think we also made some agreement to only watch them together and we all know how that goes. Not well. So I've not consistently watched Blackish. Um, now that, you know, streaming exists, it's on my long list of things to watch. But I will say any episode I've ever watched, I have never regretted. And I always leave saying, I need to watch this show. Like, all of it. Um, the writing is really smart. It's exceptionally funny. Um, it's very fast. It's like that fast-paced humor I like quite a lot. Plus, it's just loaded with actors that I like just in general. Um, so yeah, these were great. They were all new to me. Um, they were great. I, uh, yeah, I, you should go back and rewatch them too. Because I definitely am. So it'd be good to have like talk about that as we watch through. But I forgot, speaking of serious issues they dealt with, didn't they actually get separated at one point on the show for a bit? I think I did. I remember that was a big deal when that happened. Yeah. I saw a few of those episodes. Bo yeah. and what's his face? Yeah. They do separate right. for a bit. Yep. Well, then they went and did the spinoff. They did Gronish with the daughter. Right. And it's like they forgot about Dre. Oh, really? It's Tom Schroeder. Oh. Uh, yeah. He no, is. it's That's an Eminem right. song. It is. It's an Eminem and Dr. Dre song. Yes. Oh. Nowadays, everybody talks like they got something to say, but when they open their mouth, nothing comes out just gibber gibberish. It's like they forgot about Dre. That's the edited radio version. I won't do the <laughs> unedited version. Uh, I love this show, and I started watching it back in 2015 on season two. Christina and I would watch it while we were working and doing other things as we typically consume our media uh, and it was something really that we felt comfortable watching while ellie was like you know little and as she grow she's grown up she really enjoys the show she's seen all of the episodes and uh, it's a fan as well it's great um it's up there with for us with shows like modern family and the office that we can just have on in the background you can pick up mm -hmm. any episode and watch and you're immediately taken back to that place in the show and it's just it it's warm and feels so have you like seen warm. them all mm -hmm. like all episodes uh -huh. all the way through uh-huh it doesn't keep up that quality throughout because you know uh -huh. a lot of comedies dip toward no the they end. left on a high note okay oh i love that i think they're i think they're their spinoff their spinoffs were not as good well one yeah. got canceled mixed dish only lasted a season that was the one about Bo as a child oh that's right with that, yeah, that one went for Gossler. with Mark paul gosler as her dad yeah yep. who is later Bo bridges sorry it was Bo bridges Bo bridges, <gasps> Bo bridges. yeah okay so we went through the cast or we went through no, the, we our didn't. histories. We went through our histories. Let's go through the cast. The cast focuses on the Johnson family. Dad is Anthony Anderson, plays Dre Johnson. We don't need to cover him because we've covered him before. Have he we? was he was the voice in the star. Mm -hmm. Oh, of one right. of the camels. Yes, he was. 
The star. His, would you still wish you gave a higher score? I really do. I really, <laughs> really do. I kick myself about that one more than any other thing we've done. Playing his wife, Rainbow, is Tracy Ellis Ross, the daughter of Diane Ross. Diana Ross. Love um, her. I do too. She's so good. Yeah. She's Ooh, she's starring in an Amazon Prime Video 2023 Christmas film this year called Candy Cane Lane with Nick Offerman, Eddie Murphy, Jillian Bell. So on my list, one on our we list. are watching this. Sold, sold, sold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all of that. Yes. <laughs> she did some. She did some films starting back in the late '90s. She was on a movie called The Fair to Remember. Sue, hanging up in the weeds. Daddy's Little Girls, Labor Pains. She had a couple of appearances on CSI. She was in a TV show called Read Between the Lines. I think the only other thing I've seen her in was Broad City. She was in Broad City and Girlfriends, the TV series Girlfriends. Girlfriends. Yep. And then she did, uh, she's recently in an episode of Kids in the Hall. She did an episode of Portlandia. She was only in one episode of Broad City, though, wasn't she? Correct. Jews on a Plane. Fantastic episode. <laughs> you just know it. That's pretty great. I do. It's like she plays a stewardess on their way to, what's the thing where Jewish people go to spend a summer in Israel? Like, when they're... Yeah, it has Sabbatical? a name for it. No. I forget what it's called, but it's a thing where a lot Pilgrimage? of... It's bothering me. It's in a proper term, and I want to be respectful. Hold on. Uh, birthmark. Their birthmark trip. So I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's a thing. I had a lot of Jewish friends who've done that. They'll go like spend a few months in Israel. It's called the birthmark trip. Uh, so that was the episode. The two main characters on the show were Jewish, and uh, they were on a plane, and it was just a plane full of Jewish people on the birthmark trip, and she was on the flight attendant, and it was hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty great. But I love her. I think, I think they, she's a fantastic actress. They called it Birthmark on Broad City, but it's actually called Birthright. Birthright. Right? Birthright. Yes. Sorry. Birthright. Okay. But they called it Birthmark on the Broad City episode, right? I don't even think they did. I think it was Birthright. That was just me. I think think it was a joke. Oh. I don't know. Broad City, Birth. (laughs) I think. Because I remember that episode. What? I'm not doing myself any justice. Yeah, they're welcome to Birthmark by Seth oh, Green. That, that might have been the name of their yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Birth, it was there. Birthright okay. though, but it sounds it sounds very interesting from like what I've heard from Jewish friends. Like, be cool pilgrimage to like the motherland and see your homeland culture things like that. It's cool. That's cool. So we don't see Bo's parents in any of these episodes, but we do have the recurring characters 
of Dre's parents. We have Ruby, who is played by Jennifer Lewis. Who we've covered. So amazing. Have we covered yeah. her? Preacher's yeah, wife. she was in the Dolly Parton and Preacher's Christmas Wife. Christmas on the Square and Preacher's mm-hmm. Wife. She reminds me, she reminds me, and I think it's like a very like older black woman thing. She reminds me of Mrs. Johnson on Abbott Elementary when I was watching these episodes. They just not like the sass. Mrs. Johnson's more conservative, but just kind of like the uh, just kind of like the um I guess the authoritiness of it. I don't know. There's something about mm-hmm. her. They reminded me of each other. Mm-hmm. Love Jennifer. I'm on a first name basis. <laughs> you are. You'll know her that well. <laughs> well, I I love Lawrence. Playing pops oh is Lawrence Fishburne, and I too love Lawrence Fishburne, who has a career going back to a decade before we were born. Julia, I know what. He He's was who a... I know as Othello. How old he is Othello? He's got to be in his seventies now, right? Uh, he was. Born in 1961. Oh. Younger than I thought he was. Yeah, he is. Yep. He's but actually yeah, like appeared Morpheus. in something we've covered before. He wasn't credited, huh. though. He was in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in a cameo. But there is oh, really? no way. Mm-hmm. That can, I have to look that up. That cannot be right. It was a voice cameo. voice cameo. No, not that. He cannot have been born in 1960. Because that would only make him what? He's only 61 years old. Yeah, he, oh he, I do not think, <laughs> he, he looks older to me. He seems older. Wow. <laughs> He's that one of those people insane. I always feel has played like an older guy. Always. Yeah. I know he's a very popular choice. A lot of people would like to see him as Ra's al Ghul in a Batman remake. He is nine years older than Anthony Anderson. He's only nine years old. He is only nine years older than Anthony Anderson. Wow. That happens that all is... the time on TV, though. Wow. But, but okay. Jeffrey Dean Morgan on Supernatural is three years older than his sons. Oh my gosh. Weird. <laughs> so Weird. Lawrence Fishburne was in Apocalypse Now. He was in a few episodes of the Six O'Clock Follies. He was in an episode of MASH. He was in the movie Death Wish 2, Strike Force, American Playhouse, The Color Purple. Nightmare on Mm -hmm. Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Ooh. Christmas at Pee-wee's Playhouse. We have to get that on the list. We do. Do we though? Yes, was... we do. <laughs> no, he was in other Pee Wee Playhouse stuff too. He was in Boys in the Hood. He made American a fantastic experience. Perry White in Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman. Mm. Searching for Bobby Fisher, Higher Learning, Just Cause, like you said, Julia, who is Othello. He was in Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Lawrence Fishburne is definitely Morpheus from The Matrix. Sure. Same. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why they, they didn't bring him back for the new one, when they brought everyone else back. Why they made him younger. Could have just brought him back. Maybe he didn't know. want to come back. Possible. Maybe. That movie was awful. He, he was in Aquila 
Aquila and the Bee, Mission Impossible 3. He was the narrator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He was the Silver Surfer voice in Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. He was in Yeah, 21. he was. He was in Thurgood. He's got a recurring character on CSI. He was in Hannibal. He was in Roots. John Wick series. Mm-hmm. Coming back for John Wick 4 this month. Whew. I'm going to watch that. A lot. The John Wick series. I'm not even going to ask if we're fans of Lawrence Fishburne. He's okay. Any answer, any answer other than yes <laughs> would make me not very happy with you people. No, he's fantastic. Love him. I do too. Zoe is played by the daughter, eldest daughter. Zoe is played by Yara Shaidi. She was in some stuff before this, like uh, single one-off episodes and TV shows like Entourage and one of my favorites, Lie to Me. She had a voice mm-hmm. in Family Guy. She was in the movie Alex Cross. and then She's in the upcoming Peter the... Pan and Wendy, for which they dropped the trailer today, and it looks so good. I saw that today. Those look good. She was in a show where she played a Johnson, Chloe Johnson, in The First Family. And then she's done a lot of voice work. Our Andre Jr. is played by Marcus Scribner. AKA and... the Tom of Blackish. Dude. Dude. <laughs> his first his first appearance on the I don't want to say big screen. On the screen was an episode of Castle. He was a new girl. Hmm. He was a voice in The Good Dinosaur. He had he was in the movie Home for Home for the Holidays, that Netflix movie based on the movie with the boobs that was um what? Sheldon. What? What are you I, saying? I do Home? not. Yeah, no. That's oh, not... with Jim Parsons yeah. as the voice. He was in the gotcha. he was in the Netflix show. Yeah, that's Home not called Home. It's not no, called they Home had for the Holidays. Based it's on it's called Home movie. Colon for the Holidays. It's called Home Colon Adventures of Tip and O. If they had a Christmas special, maybe that one was called Home for the Holidays, but he's on the whole show. Yeah, hmm. he was in the, they had a, a movie. I did not know that at all. That, I, didn't I, I, don't know that mo- I didn't even know that movie was successful enough to warrant a spinoff show, let alone a spinoff of the show Christmas special. Hence my shock. Yeah. And he's an, on the... He's the voice on the TV show Dragons, the spinoff. Like How to Train Your? And from How to Train... Yeah, the spinoff from How to Train Your Dragons. And he was in Ron's Gone Wild. Ron's Gone Wrong? Okay. So- everything about him. Speaking of How to Train Your Dragon, <laughs> that's being turned into a live-action movie in 2025. We do it's... not need every animated film turned into live action. Animated films can stand on their own and are just as good. That's why the animated, like Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, all those were up for Oscars. Toy Story, which is thankfully not going to be live action. That'd be weird. But I mean, it'd <sighs> be really weird. <laughs> like, that would be a nightmare. But... But I mean, I do think Dragons film. could be a cool live action film, though. With, it could with, be, but the, with they good are CGI. 
but they're perfect animated like they're a perfect film it's really good yeah anyway you can't get the viking body structure accurate with a real human being and i don't want all those viking you know like blocky like they're so blocky it's so wonderful makes me happy now that i accidentally mentioned in toy story i'm just picturing tom hanks and tim allen playing the live action versions of woody and buzz (laughs) so half of the twin duo that i love on this show especially as the seasons progress (laughs) diane is marcy martin and she is a young adorable little girl still at this point Before she takes a much darker role later. The fine adorable. Stop it now. (laughs) I love Diane. First of all, Uh, they're Jack and Diane. They named them after the song on the show. They did. And then when they find out they were named after the song, they're like, oh, so they were brother and sister? And Bo's like, not exactly. (laughs) Friends? No. And it just gets really awkward as she's explaining (laughs) their names. She again had some small stuff before Blackish, and Blackish was her big break. Big break. She was a voice on um, Elena of Avalor on the couple of the the How to Train Your Dragons spinoffs. She is in Vampirina. She's the voice of Prue Granger in the Spirit Untamed movie. She, mm. which I have heard and watched a lot. She's also, <laughs> when they recast Prue on Spirit and Friends, she was the voice of Prue on that as well. And she is on Waffles and Moki's restaurant. She's got an episode with Michelle Obama on there. Oh. And I know the puppeteer, the guy who does all the puppeteering for Waffles and Moki with Michelle Obama. Of you course you do. Tom knows everyone. How are you still surprised, Julia? He lives in my everybody. neighborhood. He lives in my neighborhood. What? They... They were in New York, and they moved back here during COVID when he was doing all stuff virtually anyway. Holy crap. And his wife are super nice. Anyway, well, I would hope so. Her brother is Jack Johnson, played by Miles Brown. Eh. I'm not as familiar with the stuff he's been in before, aside from, you know, really small one-off parts, but his... um. Recurring stuff like Goldie and the Bear. He played Jack and Little Jack in a TV series that I hadn't heard of. He was in a movie called Boy Genius. And a, yeah, he was in Drunk History, though. So as Louis Armstrong and uh, Theodore Livingston. As they all end up being. Okay, so we hit all of the family. Now we need to go to the employees that because we're going to hit those in a, in some of our episodes at Stevens and Lido, where Dre works as an ad exec. Mr. Stevens is the half of the Stevens and Lido, and he is played by Peter McKenzie. And Peter McKenzie is in the TV miniseries Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, and he had one episode on there. He was in one episode on there, and I really wish we'd stop glorifying serial killers and making families see what happened to their mm. loved ones for sick entertainment. 
This has happened really... for decades, though, in fairness. I mean, you go to... It's just place. gotten... It has gotten worse. But, I mean, they've always sold, like, T-shirts have... of Manson on them, for example. Like, right. Weird. They were a lot of... But in the in the past, you would... It... I'll just take that part out. No, I know, I know what you're trying to say, and I agree with Ballad. you. About... It's too much in your face. Like when you every time you turn on Netflix as an adult for a while, you'd have to see the guy playing Jeffrey Dahmer's face. And also, yeah. it goes back to I am sorry they these biopics have got to stop being nominated for awards. That's why watch... they're made. I know, yeah. but it's a it's vicious just... circle. They, they make them because they win the award. <laughs> if I can just watch hours of footage of a person and then mimic that person that does not feel like acting in the way that you are creating a character and you're building within this world of i don't it's it's i agree with you and hollywood if you're listening stop that because everything everywhere all at once is sweeping all the awards this year and that has oh, don't nothing to do it. with real life but it has every, everything else <laughs> i know but don't say it out loud until they actually nail the oscars please <laughs> oh they've got this uh, Peter oh, McKenzie. you cannot say that. That is like the thing you cannot say. You cannot say they've got that. You need to take that back. I don't believe in luck. Oh, I don't either. But like, kind. it's just a scientific proof <laughs> that if you say they've got this in the bag, that you don't believe then, in lady they luck. Then don't. In all of the universe, my words are going to speak into existence. What's going to happen at the Oscars? And that's just the luck of it. I. I I am going to win the lottery. I am going to win the lottery. <laughs> Tom, Tom's comments about uh, he was just in... now reminded me of uh, Casino Night on The Office where Michael was like, tonight I am not your boss. Lady Fortune is your boss. And Stanley's just like, Lady Fortune, give me a raise. And Michael's like, shut it, shut it. <laughs> I just picture that's how oh. Tom would be at something like that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Peter McKenzie was in Good Morning Vietnam, starting his career in the late 80s in Lorenzo's Oil on the TV show Herman's Head. He was in the movie Nick of Time. He was in Tom and Huck on the TV show The Faculty in the late 90s. He was in he was episodes in of the Gilmore TV Girls. Show. He was. He was also in the TV show Homeboys in Outer Space. Oh, he I love that. Made- Major League, back to the minors. <laughs> he was in the. T- Do y'all remember Major League? I didn't know. Yeah, but a second one. Back to the minors. Who knew that existed? Not I. I didn't. Either. I didn't do a lot of a lot of good. short. He did, you know, one-offs on the Bernie Mac show, the Drew Carey show, the West Wing. I was about to say, if you look at his TV Still standing. history, he's basically been on every famous long-running show in a guest role since, like, 1988. Every one of current. them. And like, not, so, crazy. not so famous ones, not so long-running ones, like Harry's Law. Yep. Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. He was on Castle, Raising Hope, Bones, Franklin and Bash. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Curvy enthusiasm, oh. uh, Mad Men, Scandal, House of Lies, Grace and Frankie, Supergirl, Masters of Sex. He's been on all of them. 
And he's, he's had recurring roles on American Dad as a voice actor for years. How I Met Your Mother, Law and Order. Oh my gosh, I retire! Love, I love just how awful his character is on this show. Unapologetically awful. And yeah, we'll get too. into, we get a good glimpse of that in one of these episodes. Playing Dre's right-hand man in the office, who is woefully unqualified for his job and teaching position at the university in the spinoff, is Charlie Telfy played by Dion Cole, the Anthony of Blackish, who is a stand-up comedian and is really freaking funny, y'all. He's very yeah, funny. I, I love this character. <laughs> I love how he, he was in inappropriate. Oh, he's so he inappropriate. Yeah. He he was in the barbershop franchise through multiple episodes of or he was in the barbershop franchise doing multiple barbershop movies. He was in 36 episodes of the TV show. Conan, he was a in 31 episodes of Angie Tribeca. He's in a Christmas movie called Holiday Rush. Ooh. He was in a Thanksgiving movie called Friendsgiving. He was. Uh, he's in the upcoming remake of The Color Purple. He's in the Netflix movie You People with Jonah Hill and oh, Eddie yeah. Murphy. Yeah. You gotta watch that? Yeah, no. that's pretty good. Uh, it's obnoxious but funny. It is. I, I expected the first Julie part. Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, it's a Jewish mother and Eddie Murphy as a black father. Yeah, they're and really the funny. The Jewish together. mother who is so out of touch with reality. It is amazing. <laughs> Trying to be like super. Oh, well, I have black friends. Like it's very funny. Stephen's son Connor isn't in this at all, is he? Nope. Okay, so we can skip him. Lucy in the office. We see her for a brief stint is played by Catherine Rittman. She's probably most well known as the star of Working Moms. Did y'all watch Working Moms? I did not. Did not. It is. Christine loves it. I picked up a few episodes. It's funny. She is. Uh, in, she's done a lot of stuff with Seth MacFarlane over the years. She plays a buddy in movies a lot, like a friend of the the female lead. Like, um, I know it's on here somewhere. It's the Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis movie. What is it? Friends with Benefits. She plays her friend. Ah. Yeah, she's in a lot of those types uh, as a girlfriend. Like, I love you, man. Buddy. Yep. Um, An interesting fact for you, though. She was in Kindergarten Cop as one of the students. She was in Ghostbusters what? 2 as a kid. She, she was in Twins. Well, she's Ivan Reitman's daughter. So, of course, she'd be in Ghostbusters. That makes sense. She's also in Beethoven 2 and Space Jam. Well, the Beethoven movies. I loved those. I did, oh, too. We, we love those at our house. Mm-hmm. We have Josh from The Office. I promise y'all we're done. We've only got two more to go. Josh is the he really wants to fit in and be friends with Dre and really wants to be seen as an ally. Uh he's played by Jeff Meekham. Jeff Meacham. Who I don't really know from anything else besides this, do y'all? No. Nope. I don't. He did one offs on a bunch of shows, just like everybody else, like How I Met Your Mother, It's Always Sunny, The Secrets of an American Teenager. The TV show, not to be confused with the movie we just talked about, Friends with Benefits. He was in the Thundermans, which is 
He played the principal. Hmm. Just like Nickelodeon or something, right? Probably. That's not familiar to me. It's like where they're... The only reason I know what the Thundermans is is there was an episode of Nikki, Ricky, Dicky, and Dawn where they referenced the Thundermans. Hmm. And last but not least and definitely in the running for my favorite actress Wanda Sykes. Oh, Wanda Sykes. Y'all haven't gone this long? The original supposed manager and elf, which is why his name is Wanda. Wanda Sykes we've covered. She was in the Desperate Mom's Christmas. What's it called? Oh, Bad Mom's Bad Christmas. Bad Mom's Christmas. Yeah, okay. she's the well, therapist. Mind. Oh, that's right. That's right. I love her. So yeah. I do too. All right. And with that, we can call it a wrap because I'm exhausted already and we haven't even started talking <laughs> episodes. Uh, can I Our cover f- the first one? You want to do Black Santa? Yes, this is my favorite of the three. Not Black Santa, White Christmas? Yeah, so the first Christmas episode we're covering is season one, episodes 10, Black Santa, White Christmas, directed by Elliot Hegarty, written by Gail Lerner, and premiering for the first time on December 10th, 2014. Uh, certain that his annual Christmas party needs a black Santa, Dre goes out of his way to fill the red suit, even though the head of HR already got the job. Meanwhile, Bo doesn't feel like competing with Ruby over who cooks the big holiday dinner. So, (laughs) this episode starts out with, like a lot of these episodes do, a Dre voiceover. Just talk about how much he loves Christmas. Especially the true meaning of Christmas. The guy who Christmas is really about santa claus and he talks about how santa is the first white man he ever loved and every, <laughs> and every and every year his holiday his company throws a holiday benefit right and this older heavier white man has played santa every year an accountant who fred. who the fred the only two things dre knew about fred was he's an accountant and he ate a lot of meat and one day this past year, he died of a heart attack during a meeting. So the role of Santa is open, and Dre wants it bad. And he puts together a whole a whole pitch and everything until, but um, what's the name of his boss? Mr. Stevens. Mr. Stevens has already, has already picked Lucy. The, his Mexican co-worker. And this pisses Dre off. Not because a woman is playing Santa, but because a Mexican's playing Santa. Both. Both bothered him. But yes. the, the Mexican thing bothered him more because he said he said it's like the president. First a white guy, then a black guy, then a Mexican guy, then a gay guy. He says it should be the same thing with Santa. <laughs> um... So he devised, <laughs> he quickly gets her ousted from the job by having Mr. Stevens take a listen to her ho, 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 which sounds ho, like ho, ho, ho. 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 <laughs> Mr. Stevens is me like, Dre, you can be Santa. And Dre is super excited. Uh-huh. But Lucy kind of, I don't even want to say Lucy screws him over because Dre should know better. It's not uh, Lucy. Mm-mm. Well, anyway, Angelica. There we go. Angelica, played by Anna Ortiz. 
so Angelica doesn't tell Dre that the person who plays Santa is in charge of the toy drive. So he shows up to the Christmas party decked out as Santa. He looks great as Santa, but no mm-hmm. gifts for any of the children. Well, they do have the adopt a family, so they're all supposed to bring kids that they're sponsoring for Christmas. All the employees right. are sponsoring, right? So while this is going on, there is another plot line with Bo and Ruby. So Ruby cooks a big family dinner, Christmas dinner every single year, but Bo wants to be more involved. And she wants to be more involved with Christmas in general, right? She wants to get the kids to sing carols, <laughs> which by the way, we need that auto tuner next time we do. Yeah, we now do. that's what we call to the podcast Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so she's she tries to take over Christmas from Bo from uh, Ruby, but in the process makes it all about herself, which her mm. kids call her out on on Christmas Eve at the party when she's all excited about dinner, and uh, they're like, uh, "We were more excited for Grandma's dinner, essentially." Mm-hmm. So she asks Ruby for <laughs> she asks Ruby for help. So Ruby goes, Ruby's like, I will go home and whip up a Christmas dinner in three hours. And Ruby, (laughs) turns out, doesn't make Christmas dinner any year because it's stressful. She gets it catered from uh, a Mexican catering company because who else would you trust? They're hardworking people, according to her. Bo says she won't tell the rest of the family as long as she gets some of the credit for the meal. Um. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so while they're at home throwing away all the boxes of catering and stuff like that, Dre feels awful about forgetting the kids' gifts at for this party. So he enlists his own despondent children, and they go to a local Target or something and just fill a cart full of gifts before going door-to-door delivering them to these kids and mm-hmm. making their Christmas Eve, and he gets to be Santa for real. Now, I'll tell you my one problem with this. Because the kids and dad and mom are so self-obsessed with the wrong reasons about Christmas this episode, I thought it would have been nicer if they took their own gifts and kind of gave them away. Like, I feel like there wasn't ah. a real, like, uh, learning moment there for them. Like, it could have been a stronger learning moment, I guess is what I'm saying, if that makes sense. And that's yeah, what I was yeah. expecting to happen. So I was kind of shocked when we saw them running through the halls at Target. Um, <laughs> but Dre and the kids go home, excited for Christmas dinner. Uh, Dre knows immediately that uh, <laughs> it's been catered because they left all the boxes in the garage. And uh, he calls Bo out on it. And Bo is like, don't ask me about that. I won't ask about your internet search history. he he calls it a deal and uh they all sit down for christmas dinner and the end and it's so cheery and i loved it and all of these episodes of really good christmas music too and good atmosphere Mm -hmm. especially considering this takes place on the west coast where they don't get the snowy uh setting or anything yep but uh yeah i loved it what did you guys think of this one it was really funny so was so funny yeah this one was hilarious i like how we we continually see ruby Bo's mom 
is a loud outspoken racist who doesn't think she can be racist. There's this whole funny exchange between Ruby and Bo where she says, if I didn't know you were mixed, I'd swear you were Chinese. And Rainbow's like, Ruby, that's racist. Ruby says, black people can't be racist. And Dre said, I was robbed by a damn Mexican. Ruby's like, see, totally acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) I was cackling. I was cackling when that happened and marty like looked at me and he's like what are you laughing at because i had my airpods in i'm like we really need to watch this show we really need to watch it together i I really like uh, the scene where oh go ahead sorry no go on when dre put together his slide deck (laughs) santa that's where you can do that quote go for it (laughs) he put together a slide deck well charlie put together the slide deck for dre and he's clicking yeah. through it. And the whole premise of the slide deck is, you know, eventually a black president replace all the white presidents. So it's like George Washington, John Adams, John Quincy Adams. <laughs> and he keeps clicking through and he's like, damn it, Charlie. I, did, I said pick a few presidents, not every president. <laughs> and, and Charlie's like, oh, which obscure one did he call out? Which is why he wanted to put them all. But I laughed. <laughs> i like when they're done at, at the end of it they get to josh is like that was beautiful you're gonna nail santa and trey's like terrible choice of words <laughs> i loved when charlie essentially uh <laughs> acted like anthony would act at one of these parties like give it up for my poor boy santa <laughs> they bleep, they bleep him out. santa <laughs> bleeping claws and yeah. yeah josh keeps reminding him they're children present <laughs> I liked when, was it Rainbow or was it Ruby who talked about, oh, it was Rainbow. She talked about how her mom used to dress her and her sisters up like the three wise women. And they would sing some Christmas song and Diane looks at her. Why? Was she a drinker? I love when uh, the ki- they all come home and they see this wonderful meal and they all thank Ruby. And Ruby mm-hmm. takes the credit for it and Rainbow's like, you better share the glory lady or I will burn down your house of lies. Or shall I say your casa of lies? And Ruby's just like, I didn't do it all. Your mama washed the lettuce. <sighs> oh, this was good. Yeah, oh, and, this was good. Uh, even though I don't like Diane, she had a very funny quote too. When she said, when she said uh, it's a miracle. Jesus turned the turkey into ham. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated that one, of course. Me too, because we always have ham at Christmas. Exactly. But I loved this one. Yep. And it had and it did have a Linus moment, even though, like I said, during the recap, it could have been a little stronger for me if maybe they had given up their own gifts. But anyway. Yeah. Uh the auto-tuning was was over the top for me. I loved the auto-tuning. I thought that was hilarious. And I immediately went to see if that specific auto-tuning was a real app, which of course it wasn't. But No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. What would you guys give this one? Nine. I'm going to come in at a nine. I was going to give it a ten. So, not 9.3. I Ooh, loved that strong. one. Next up, we are covering off which is from the second season and the second christmas episode season two episode 10 which aired on december 9th 
2018. And in this episode, we're looking at just how much the Johnson family loves Christmas and how over the top it is. Dre has the same, the typical problem that people who come from nothing and get money, they, he wants to do everything he possibly can for his kids. That reminded me of my parents. And so, so they go mm-hmm. over the top. He talks about how he much he loves stuff and nobody loves stuff more than him except his four kids. Then we see their Christmas the supposedly the year before, but not what we saw the year before. I guess we didn't see Christmas Day the year before, where they come in and they're just like, I need more stuff. I need something else to unwrap. And mm-hmm. Ruby is is just like in the previous episode where she said Christmas is about Jesus, not Santa. She's saying the kids have lost the true meaning of Christmas. Ruby and Pops are trying to convince Dre that he needs to scale back. You need to do less for your kids. Um, so they decide Pops takes over and they're going to do one gift. Each kid gets one present. Dre and Bo feel really guilty about this, especially when they see what their kids are asking for. Junior asks for a wizarding cape. He prefers full length. But a waist-length cape would do. And they're like, come on, this is all our kids are asking for. This is pitiful. So they plan to do Secret Christmas, where they have a turkey in the hamper in the closet upstairs and a little tree in Dre's closet with presents. If you haven't seen, Dre's got a floor-to-ceiling shoe display with all of his shoes because he's he's obsessed mm-hmm. with sneakers. When they decided they needed a cut back on spending... Dre decided he was going to start wearing the same shoes more than once <laughs> uh, on another episode, which was funny. And um, Dre gets mad. His dad it brings back this his tradition for what Christmas Eve dinner was, which was boxes of churches cold churches chicken. And he's arguing with the kids. He's like, "It tastes better straight out of the box." And Diane well, wants sushi. Don't forget as. Growing up, they used to give Dre socks or a jar of pickles. Like, got, yep, <laughs> Jay got Jay got socks. And he's like, "Oh, these are from Santa." And Ruby's like, "Don't think some white man came down on Jesus' birthday to give you full price socks. Those are from your daddy and me." <laughs> and then there's I, I, a whole thing where Dre got a pickle, a, a jar of pickles. Is that like you love pickles? Not as a Christmas present. And Ruby comes in. Are y'all talking about how much my baby loves pickles? <laughs> <laughs> then Bo comes in and adds to the fact, adds to the conversation. You do love pickles. You do love pickles. <laughs> I don't trust anyone who doesn't like pickles. Uh, I did oh, think of so funny. I did think of you, Tom, when Ruby was looking at her picture of Jesus, and he was darker skinned and everything. No, it was I, black Jesus. Yeah, but I but I thought of you because you have said repeatedly on the show. Like uh, Jesus and Saint Nicholas were from that area of the world, so they'd be closer to black than white. Uh, so take that, uh, House Republicans. They'd be, br- they'd be, they'd be brown skinned people. But for her, it's always oh, black Jesus throughout every <laughs> every season. Um, the kids end up opening their presents and are ungrateful. Zoe is upset because she got an iPhone six. Instead of a 6S, Junior is not happy because he got a gift card to J. Crew. <laughs> I found his line really funny there where he's like, you took money that I could spend anywhere and then made it something I can only spend in one place. Uh, I have <laughs> I never related that. to that character so much than when he said that. Yeah. If you're going to get me a gift card, get me a general. What? Not 
to one specific <laughs> place. And I, I know now great. Tom is going to take this as a challenge and I'm going to open my Christmas gift this year. It's going to be like a gift card to Target or some Cats, cats, oh, cats. No, <laughs> Target's way too practical. You can get anything at Target. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you something like the Sharper, <laughs> $12 gift card to the Sharper image. Oh my gosh, that is useless. <laughs> uh, I will say I disagree though. Ellie, for her birthday last weekend, she got... Two of the kids brought her gift cards to Barnes and Noble, and she is unbelievably excited about being able to go buy new books. Oh, that's a good one. So Dre takes all the kids' presents away, and he's back to you get nothing for Christmas. As all of this is going on, Ruby is harassing Bo that she doesn't do anything to help others. Bo lied and said she was volunteering. Ruby's like, you filled out all your paperwork? Bo says, yes. She's like, you did your background check? Yes. She's like, liar. They don't do background checks. So Bo gets guilted and actually going and volunteering somewhere and then shows up looking disheveled because she had to get up at three o'clock in the morning to go volunteer. Shows up at Dre's office. She's thinking they're just going to have lunch. And they all make comments about how she looks you know, unkempt. I love Stevens here. Where he's like, oh, of course you must be hungry. Lucy, give Bo your salad. So Lucy, who works at the office, has to give up her lunch. Uh, and <laughs> during all of this, Wanda Sykes' character mentions that she is a, all she wants for Christmas. <laughs> all she wants for Christmas is for her and her soon-to-be ex-husband, she's going through the divorce, to drop some ecstasy and roll around in cranberry sauce like the good old days. So Bo ends up inviting her to come have Christmas with them. She shows up. Everybody's sad. Nothing's Christmassy. There's no food being prepped. The kids are playing on their phones. She asks where Dre is. They don't know. Dre is gone. He's going he's gonna to be excited to see her. She talks about how sad they look, and they're like, oh, well, Dad threw away all of our presents this morning. And Bo goes through trying to explain this in a way that doesn't make Dre sound like a complete nut job. <laughs> fails miserably so Wanda Sykes is like uh I'm gonna go have Chinese with the Jewish girl from work <laughs> I was like wait no stay Dre's gonna be sad he missed you why are you running <laughs> <laughs> and at the end we have an absolutely beautiful Linus moment yes. with Pops and Dre Pops is like I hate church's chicken which is what he was serving He's like, don't get me wrong, it's chicken, it's good, but I hate it. He's like, then why did you make it out to be the best thing that there was? He said, because it's all that I could afford, and I wanted you to think it was great. And then they have this whole thing where they go through and discuss that Pops just didn't have money to provide for his family. It's not that yeah. he didn't want Dre to have better, it's all he had. And he understands why Dre is doing what he's doing for his kids. And he ends up, it's one of the few times in the show where he's telling him, you know, you're a good dad. Gives Dre his present which were the roller skates he wanted as a kid that he could never have. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved it. Which that was moment. great. And then his kids come out and they have a Linus moment. It's mm -hmm. not that they want less stuff. They like the fact that they get all this stuff, but Diane says, I'm going to try to appreciate it more. Well, I very much related to, because I, I, I'm not going to lie. I was like this as a child. Uh, I loved when the gifts are under the tray. Looking a little light this year. Come on, let's go. Let's go big. Let's play. It's a big game, not rehearsal. 
That reminded yeah. me of me. Not gonna lie. <laughs> it was it was funny. And then we see that Dre can't even roller skate. And it's that's like, why do you want skates when you can't even why do you want roller skates when you can't even skate? And we end and it's a happy ending. This yeah. episode, because of that Linus moment, because of where the kids land on, yeah, you know, we were pretty crappy people. We were worried about stuff. We get to the importance of family in this equation and how we celebrate the holidays. We have a reconciliation between you know, father and son. I'm giving it a 10. Well, I love Same. before we get to that, I wanted to give my thoughts. I like the whole generational thing. I love when Stort movies, TV does that, like the generational differences and kind mm-hmm. of trying to find common ground between that. So I thought this did it really well. I did not like it near as much as the first one, though. So I'm going to go an eight. Okay. That gives us, oh, hold on. That gives us a 9.33, so tied with the first one. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that takes us to season three, episode 10, um, Just Christmas, baby. Um, This one aired in 2016, and our brief synopsis is, Zoe is college bound, so Dre sets out to create the best family Christmas ever. Meanwhile, Bo babysits Gigi's newborn and remembers just how difficult mothering a baby is. Um, This one, that second half, so Bo's plot line in this one is important because she's pregnant with their next fifth child. Um, Surprise baby, what does he call it in the opening? Her geriatric, his aged wife. I think is what he says is pregnant again. And I cringed surpri- a little. And I'm surprised they brought the baby in so soon. Usually that's a thing a dying sitcom does, like toward the end of its run. But this is season three. They still have five years. Going. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Um, so this one was not my favorite. I'll lead with that. It's my least favorite of the three. However, this one Same. felt a lot more real because um, the Dre part is the bigger part of the episode and it's him struggling with the fact that Zoe is a senior in high school and it's their last Christmas together. So he's trying to, aside from the fact that he prefers her over all of his children, which they play up a lot in the episode. Um, it's him. I want to say though, earlier on, yeah. he talks about junior being his favorite earlier in the okay. show. Okay. Well, earlier, I wondered. We did when junior was hiding. Yeah. When Junior was hiding For in the like last episode, they don't know where where Junior is. Dre even said in that episode, "Junior's my favorite." <laughs> and I love funny. that the I love that the parents can at least the the Dre continually rakes his children on who is his favorite. <laughs> um. So since it's Zoe's last like living at home in school Christmas, he makes a really big deal out of it. Um. So most of the episode is him reminiscing with her. Um, and just trying to gather up all those last few memories. This was pointed to me because it wasn't until Christmas passed this year that I realized it was Hannah's last Christmas at home as well. And so I totally missed this. <laughs> I didn't even stop and think about the fact it was her last Christmas at home. And so this was kind of funny and sad at the same time to me, but uh, they do the things that you would expect, right? So they um, go through all her box of, ornaments she would create all throughout grade school 
Tom, I am sure you have a box of these somewhere started at least. We have multiple boxes for kids because I can't throw stuff like that away. Um, It is mentioned at one point that Bo never let Dre hang them on the tree because they're just basically kindling because it is a bunch of paper and tissue paper and cotton balls and stuff. Um, But he's like, we're going to do it. And so they end up decorating the tree with all of Zoe's kind of grade school memories. Um, She's relishing in the fact that she's getting all the attention and he is very clearly giving all of the attention to her in this episode. That reminded me of one of my parents' trees. They still have, I mean, they have a million trees in their house, but one of them is still all the stuff me and my sister made throughout our school years. You've mentioned that. That's just the neatest thing. Like, I love that. I really do. Um, At one point, the twins are complete mischievous creatures because it is alluded to there is an elf on the shelf in the house somewhere. And Andre <laughs> is completely <laughs> beholden to this, this elf lore. And the twins are like, um, no, the elf is not in this room where we're picking through our presents and untaping them to only retape them, figure out what they are. And so because the, this threatens Dre's time with Zoe. He tasks Andre with keeping them in line. You better make sure, you know, they stay in line. So he invents, what is it? Bear on the a chair. Bear, bear in the chair. Bear yeah. in the chair. Bear in the chair. <laughs> and he has the camera embedded in it. And he moves it around um, to spy on them as they're doing what they shouldn't be doing. Because it's also a theme that as Dre is dealing with his the oldest daughter leaving the house, he has sweets hidden most everywhere. His shame cake and his, what is it, sadness cookies? His sadness cookies, um, shame cake, and backup shame cake. And he also <laughs> has his breakfast, his s'mores, breakfast, or s'mores marshmallows. Yeah. And his late Cheeto night drawer. Cheetos. That's right. That's right. Because the sugar. Yep. Makes keeps him awake, so he has to eat Cheetos. To well, I love sleep. when you see him. He has the Kit Kats in the Ziploc bag in the back <laughs> of the toilet at the end. <laughs> um. So what ends up happening with the Dre Zoe storyline is he decorates this tree, like I said, with all of her stuff. It is in fact kindling, and when they're having this big lighting of the family Christmas tree, only decorated with her stuff, it lights on fire in Christmas vacation style. And um, almost takes the house with it. Yeah, I was about to say, except it doesn't fall as neatly as Christmas Vacation does. No, no, it doesn't. No. Andre saves the day with a fire extinguisher um, and proceeds to get berated by his dad for getting mess on the chair next to the tree. Uh, So Dre's kind of ruined Christmas a bit. Um, Zoe owns up to her part of that as well. Um, and that takes us to the other storyline, which is uh, Rainbow and her, her, and I'm not clear on the relationship, friend, Gigi? I missed it. It's right at the beginning. I thought it was cousin. He's, cousin. Nope. He and, she and Dre, she's played by Tyra Banks, Yeah. and she and Dre are lifelong friends. They are okay. best of friends. She's an international pop star, and they are still close friends. They see each other. They there's episodes where they go hang out and do basketball games and stuff, but it's very much a platonic best friend relationship between the two of them. Okay. 
So we don't see a ton of interaction with her and Dre in this episode. It's really more focused on her and Rainbow. Uh, Again, Rainbow's pregnant. Gigi has this new baby. And so it brings up Rainbow struggling with, it's been a long time since I've had a baby. Do I still know how to do it right? And on the flip side of that, Gigi looking like she has everything together, even though she's a hundred percent helicopter mom with all the gadgets and stuff. Uh, Also thinking she doesn't have it together. So we get to see Rainbow struggle with a baby. (laughs) We get kind of a a similar plot line um, or not even a plot line, but a similar tidbit where a baby is quieted by a non-standard piece of music, right? Reminded mm-hmm. me of Friends and Baby Got Back. This one is different, but the only thing Rump Shaker. Baby Down is Rump Shaker, which I thought was funny. Um, we get a nice moment at the end, however, where um the two are talking and basically they both say, We have no idea what we're doing. So let's, you know, support each other instead of tearing each other down. <laughs> to wit. Dre's mom walks by and absolutely demolishes Rainbow by saying neither of them know what they're doing. <laughs> and it's just kind of one of those moments. Um, so it's there not. Was, there was Go another ahead. plot line I really liked with uh, Johan, Johan, played by Davi Oh, we didn't mention Davi Diggs. That's of right, Han- we do. Hamilton fame and Little Mermaid. He's playing Sebastian in the movie. Um, he was Thomas Jefferson and Lafayette. And he- yep, and Ruby. And they are arguing. Right. This reminded me very much of me and Tom and our taste in Christmas music because he likes the more modern stuff uh-huh. while Ruby likes the classic carols. And uh, they kind of have a... Well, and the, the dad's movie. right in between. Yep. Dad's yeah. like Julia. That is a yeah. That is a nice, very tiny yep. subplot line where we do get Lawrence Fishburne and Jennifer Lewis and Davi Diggs kind of interacting with each other, all about Christmas music. Um, and that's the most Christmassy thing in this episode to me. Even though they spend time decorating a Christmas tree together, like it doesn't feel very Christmassy to me. And um, how was Johan? Like, how was he related to these this group? Bo's brother. That. Yeah, oh, he's related okay. to Bo. Got it. Got it. Got it. And that's pretty much our episode. And we get the reinforcement at the end. We get kind of a Linus moment because we get the voiceover at the end. That's really like, you know, what makes a Christmas is family, right? It's, it's not the tree that I incinerated it, but we get a cool picture of the combined family in front of the burned out tree, which I liked. I I think my favorite moment in the, I agree with you. My favorite plot line. Well, no. You didn't say that, but my favorite plot line was the Davy Diggs and Ruby and yeah. Lawrence Fishburne because I found that fun. But I really mm-hmm. liked the moment between uh, Dre and uh, Zoe at the end, where Zoe's like, "You know, you saved us all from burning down uh, the house from burning down," and she's like, "Look, I'm obviously not going to miss the baby's first Christmas. I'll be home at the holidays." Like, I just right. found that very sweet. That was sweet. I felt teary eyed. Dre Zoe stuff throughout this. I'm not gonna lie. You bake softy. I really am. When it comes to father daughter stuff, I just I'm a baby. You could have just said I'm a baby. <laughs> I'm just gonna edit out I'm a baby from Anthony and play it everywhere. Oh my gosh, he will too. 
<laughs> we will. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this one was fine. I felt more. It was a perfectly fine, funny episode of TV. I just didn't get a lot of Christmas feels. For me. It did not feel Christmassy at all. Even the only Christmas elements we saw were the tree. Whereas in the previous episodes, when we were in Dre's office, for example, you saw kids pictures of christmas stuff behind dre you saw decorations in everybody's yeah. office they went to yeah. i uh yeah if it wasn't for the johan ruby plot subplot like this would have felt even less christmasy but they really had some good music in this episode i'll give it that yeah. did you like uh, really did you like music. ruby hitting on ruby hitting on johan that was nasty does that happen <laughs> repeatedly it sure does. Okay. <laughs> Ruby is perpetually with much, much younger men. She's like a Blanche Dubois yeah, thing going on. I see that. She's less annoying than Blanche. But they're like not family family. No. But they're, they're like boss. not family family. But right. But that's like, but that's like too much. It's too close. It's not blood, but it's like. Mm. <laughs> I would give this one a seven. I enjoy it's a good episode of TV. It just didn't feel very Christmas. Mm, but yeah, I'm doing but a. F- I'm gonna go five because you know what? That's I rate harder for non-Christmas stuff. So five. I'm doing a six because I think as a general show, it was not bad. It was mm, as a as an episode, it was really good and enjoyable. There was a lot of heart. There was good stuff but i have to dock at a few points like you said anthony for lack of christmas i'm gonna come in at a five um i know they were playing up dre's um love for his daughter by downplaying juniors but he was just mean and i don't like that so i'm sorry when the house is on fire and he pushes junior down to run away yeah carrying (laughs) zoe and at the end when he's hugging zoe and Junior comes into the garage. He does embrace him and show him love. I can see how you would find that mean spirited, like but I, <laughs> I feel like Dre's like that throughout the whole show with Junior. I mean, they have their moments yes. for the most part, and I love that with it, with the two of them. It's that is something like, unique, though, right? It's not. There's like a a heavy amount of salt on this show versus like other family comedies you would watch. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes it feel both more realistic, but also, I don't know. A little more mean spirited. I mean, a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. But like, everybody's like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is the realistic part. Um, I which mean, I think is what makes it so successful because it doesn't feel like every other family sitcom. It doesn't. Julia. Yeah, four kids. If there was a fire, you and Marty would have choices. <laughs> I I know you'd be pushing someone down. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but that gives us a five point three three. So second place, because the first two are tied at first. Oh, I was about to say second place. So that was fun. I'm excited about the other three. Because these too. are all new to me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. Not next week. Three weeks. Three, Three weeks. weeks. So what's next about... week? <gasps> next... On purpose. Next week, I am super excited 
because we are covering Ghosts, the Christmas Spirit, part one and two. So far, they're only Christmas episode, but hopefully in the future we'll get to revisit them. Um, super excited. It's no spoiler to say I love that show and love that episode. Mm. So, And the week after that, we are traveling to Abbott Elementary to cover Holiday Hookah, which I am also very excited about. And for those who haven't seen the most recent episode of Abbott Elementary, where they go on a it's like a teacher's weekend, conference weekend. Hilarious. Especially, <laughs> I love the duo of Mrs. Johnson and the Italian woman. And the two of them literally just go to put FaceTime in for five minutes and go lay by the pool the whole weekend, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> then we're returning Such to the world shows. of Blackish the week after to finish off the Christmas episode. So, so I'm editing all it. the long episodes is what you're saying. That's what it sounds like to me. Y'all are taking one episode. Y'all are taking one <laughs> shows with one episode and you're throwing me with the six. <laughs> I see how it's going to be. That's how TV month is playing out, huh? <laughs> you love, you're the most familiar with it. It makes the most sense. That is also true. In the meantime, though, check out our Patreon uh, well, you can check out all our social media at linktree.com slash podcast. But if you want bonus episodes, you can go to our Patreon, which you can access via the same link. Uh, tons of bonus content on there. Uh, this past week, when you listen to this, there will have been an episode dropped in which me and my friend Ken uh, go over our box office predictions and theories for Scream 6. And uh, after Scream 6 comes out, I think me and Ken and Natalie Bickle are going to do a Scream mm. 6 episode. So. Very okay. nice. Yeah. And we'll have something up there for Easter. We always get something up there, even if we could do it last minute. <laughs> Is anything else to do right now? I sent a bunch of suggestions for Easter stuff. Where'd you send it? Discord listeners, if y'all are listening and have a suggestion for Easter stuff, shoot mm-hmm. it our way. Maybe no Rankin Bass. Can this be the year of no Rankin Bass? Let's do it. Let's make it the year of no Rankin Bass. You know I'm gonna have Rankin Bass on the schedule somewhere. You don't have to. I know. I like torturing you guys. It comes out of love. <laughs> sure it does it's like like the child on the playground who like poked the people he liked y'all yeah we only have 7056 hours until christmas 2023 that is only 294 days we are out of the 300s already this year is flying 42 weeks can you even believe it Bye.